attention to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11. Hebrews 12, verses 5 to 11. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's disciplines. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God disciplines his always good for us so that we may share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable when it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of your word effective. We yield our lives to you, Father. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Mold us, mend us, impress your image upon us that Christ be seen. We yield ourselves completely to you, Father. Every critical spirit, Cynical mind be stilled in the name of Jesus. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind you in Jesus' name. We take victory in this house. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, Don't Give Up When He Corrects You. So this is a series that we've been doing. We talked about don't give up. On your calling, don't give up on prayer, don't give up on faith, don't give up doing good works. Today we are going to look into don't give up when he corrects you. Praise the Lord. The writer of Hebrews starts by saying, reminding us about the race that is before us, chapter 12, as it unfolds before us. He reminds his readers about the cloud of witnesses around them. And he's also asking them to look to Jesus, who is our perfect role model. And as he writes, he comes to the point, he is saying, 
Don't you remember those words? Have you forgotten those encouraging words? God spoke to you as his children. Reminding them of perhaps what they have forgotten. One of the most neglected themes in the scriptures that we see is God who disciplines. We are prone to hear more about God who loves, God who is compassionate, God who is kind, tender-hearted. All these things are absolutely true. And even as I stand here, I am a recipient of that grace, abundance in nature, the long-suffering and the kind, tender heart of God towards me. And I believe that all of us can say amen to that. Praise the Lord. But at the same time, the writer of Hebrew is not Hebrews is not reluctant to use his pen to write and to say, God is also a God who disciplines us. So where there is discipline involved, correction involved, pain involved, it is human nature to shy away from it, to shrink away from it. We don't even want to entertain such thoughts. That's the human nature. But the scripture is very clear about how God deals with us. Praise the Lord. So the writer here starts by saying, talking to the group of people who are going through very hard times in their lives. He reminds them and say, hey man, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look how we endured, how we persevered under pain and pressure and how we overcome. And he's saying, look to Jesus and derive strength from it so that you don't grow tired and weary because you need to press on and finish the race that is before them. And he draws their attention to the ready fact saying that, listen, have you forgotten those encouraging words? When we don't orient ourselves to scriptures, what happens is we tend to forget. We need to read again and again and again. We need to mull over the scripture over and over and over again. We needed to meditate on the scripture over again. Because as the scripture unveils before us, there is an unveiling of the person Jesus Christ before us. The more you get to know him, the more intimate you get to him. Praise the Lord. The more you taste him, you realize that he is good. Praise God. The more you get to know him, you would be acquainted, familiarize yourselves with the words of Jesus, with the works of Jesus, with the ways of Jesus. Praise the Lord. As you immerse yourself into his word, you get so familiar, familiar with Jesus, acquainted with Jesus, that you will realize that his, his understanding fills us and he's able to lead us and guide us 
through any and every seasons of our lives. Praise the Lord. So the writer of Hebrews says, don't forget those encouraging words. And that is a word for church in every season, in every age. What is that? Don't forget, praise the Lord, the encouraging words. Praise the Lord. If we don't have to forget, we need to keep reminding ourselves by going back into the scripture and digging again and again. Again, here is talking about God who corrects us and God who disciplines us. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as a child. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, the the writer of Hebrews is bringing to the attention of God's people the adversities they face, the hardships they face. At times, it could be a discipline or correction that that might come their way. So therefore, he's saying, get oriented yourself with the scriptures so that you will understand how God works in each and every one of our lives. Praise the Lord. He talks about the necessity of discipline, of correction in our lives. As he unveils it, he's saying, discipline is what? Discipline is a proof of love, not anger. Praise the Lord. Now, get this in. Discipline is a proof that God loves us, not that God is angry with us. Quite often, we have this misconception of a God who disciplines us is one who is angry with us. Praise the Lord. Here, the writer of Hebrews is quoting from Proverbs saying that for the Lord disciplines those he loves. Praise the Lord. So, if the Lord loves you, that means God will correct us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can you say an amen to that? Praise the Lord. In other words, the next words, he's saying that correction is a proof of sonship. Hello. If God is correcting you, that means he has accepted you as his child. So correction is an evidence that we are truly his children. Praise God. Hallelujah. So here we see a repetition four or five times between 5 and 11. We see the word, the term discipline, discipline, discipline is repeated over and over again. The Greek word pedeia is used to bring this word to us, meaning anywhere from training to corporal punishment which also includes instructions, corrections, rebuke, chastisement. All these things are included in this word. Praise the Lord. Just imagine a family with no one disciplining anyone. Can you imagine? A father and his son relationship where the father does not discipline his son. Or the father does not discipline his child. Praise the Lord. That is unthinkable. 
if that's how it is on an earthly realm, how much more our heavenly father who truly loves us who would discipline those he loved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The hand that disciplines us is connected to the heart that loves. In other words, the discipline that flows, the correction that flows from the, from, from the hand of God is directly connected to the heart of God, which is full of love towards us. God loves us, therefore he will correct us. Praise the Lord. And the writer of Hebrews is so bold to say it. He's saying, if you, if you think that there is no correction after taking an inventory in your life, if you find that there is no correction, then you ought to doubt the very fact whether you are truly a child of God. How bold he is in saying that. He's saying that, listen, if there is no correction, that means that you are not a child of God because God, as a loving father, cannot simply let his children go anywhere and do whatever he wants. Praise the Lord. No loving father would allow their children to just be crazy. Go ahead and do whatever you feel like doing. So a loving heart is behind the correcting hand of God. Praise the Lord. It is important that we understand about how God disciplines his children and that we respond to it properly. Praise the Lord. See, it is important that we understand how God disciplines his children and how is the right way to respond to it. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying here. And how would we know that? The first verse five, he's saying that what? Go back to God's word. When you go back to God's word, you realize that number one, God is love. He's a father who loves us. So if there is anyone in the house that thinks that you are not loved, I want to assure you that father's heart is full of love for you. Number two, when you orient yourself with God's word, you realize that he's also a God who corrects us. Corrects us, he disciplines us. Praise the Lord. And then the writer of Hebrews is saying, make sure you respond to the discipline in the right way. We'll come to that. Praise the Lord. So when you talk about discipline and when you read the Bible, you will understand there are different forms of discipline that the Bible talks about. And want to talk about that. Number one, corrective discipline. Corrective discipline. What is corrective discipline? Corrective discipline is needed when we go astray or when we are going wrong in our life. So God, as a loving father, he's concerned about our well-being. He's concerned about our welfare. He's concerned about the quality of your life. He's concerned about your future. He's concerned about the path that you are taking because he's alpha and omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, because he can see yonder 
further, further than what you and I can see. When he sees that you are on a wrong path, which will lead to a wrong destiny, which will lead to destruction, what does he do? He corrects us. Praise the Lord. Puts you on the right path. When you are derailed from the right track. Praise God. When you take a detour from the path that you are on. God corrects you and puts you right back on the track. That is the corrective discipline that God puts upon our lives. Why? Because he, church say it together, because he... Loves us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, because he loves me, he will correct me. Praise the Lord. Because he loves me, he would correct me. Point and case from the Bible. King David, who was a man after God's own heart. God says he's a man after God's own heart. But... In his lifetime, there were errors and and gross sin that entered into his life. When everything was fine and dandy and comfortable and comfy for him, sitting on the on 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 on, on the most luxury that 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 the nation could offer, he was sitting there and slowly he ventured into sin. You know, the Bible says from adultery to murder and and so on. So what happens is God started correcting him. So you see a corrective discipline of the hand of God. We need to understand that God loves us so much that he would not let anyone go down the drain in sin. Because he loves, he will correct us. Praise the Lord. So David, we see that there was repercussions to sin. There is always consequences to sin. Praise the Lord. Just just think, what we sow in flesh will reap in flesh. The consequences of forgiven sins are the consequences of forgiven sin. What we sow in flesh, we reap in flesh. Praise the Lord. David cried out to the Lord. And the Lord forgave him. Psalm 51, Psalm 32, it's very clear. But the consequences of sin followed him. Praise the Lord. We see the sword did not depart from his home. One after the other, one after the other, one after the other. David experienced conflict in his life. The son born out of the illegitimate relationship was gone praise the lord one of his son violated one of his daughter one of his son murdered another one of his son his son rose against him and there was a rebellion against him and so on and on and on you would think oh my god how is this possible but let me ask you have you ever read what david pens it in psalm 119 verse 67 and 71 i'm gonna read it out to you before i was afflicted i went astray listen to this before i was afflicted i went astray but now i obey your word it was good for me to be afflicted so that i might learn your decrees 
Praise the Lord. When God disciplined him, the corrective discipline was used upon David. David learned from it. David is saying that before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I obey your word. In other words, the, the corrective discipline of God upon David's life was so effective that David penned it down. It's saying, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Praise the Lord. When God employs corrective discipline upon our lives, it's a season, hallelujah. It's a season to learn his decrees, which will tell us about the nature of a loving God, about the traits and the character of a loving God. Praise God. David is saying that it was good that I was afflicted praise the lord in the new testament church paul writing to the to the church in corinth he is talking about when the church is involved in gross sin and take part in the communion in an unworthy manner what happens first corinthians 11:32 goes like this that we are judged by the lord Praise the Lord. Why is it that we are judged by the Lord? He's saying that we are, when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. Praise the Lord. We have the communion here every week, which allows us to meditate on the suffering and death of our Lord Jesus. But the Bible gives us clear instruction how we ought to govern and conduct our life and our lifestyle. Praise the Lord. Before we stretch our hands towards this table and when we are careless about it, when we are casual about it, when our heart is calloused about it, when we are careless about it, when we don't care about it, when our hearts are calloused about it, praise God. What happens? God who loves us, who loved us so much that he gave himself up for us, would do what? He gives you and I the first chance to judge ourselves, to examine ourselves, to correct ourselves. The failure to correct ourselves causes the just to judge, to sit in judgment, and he disciplines us. Why? Because he loves us. Look what Paul is saying. Paul is saying when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. God is just. He does not wink at anyone's sin. He does not play that favoritism card with anyone. Praise the Lord. But since he is just and righteous, he gives you and me an opportunity for a self self uh, examination of our lives. But when we take it for granted, when we take it lightly, he says, Paul is saying, because we fail to judge ourselves, he would judge us. Praise the Lord. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. And how does he discipline us? Paul, in that section, he writes, many of you are weak because of this. Many fall sick and some fall asleep. Praise the Lord. Let me just remind you, all weakness 
all sickness, all sleep or death is not because God is punishing someone. Please don't look at anyone who is sick. Please don't look at anyone who is weak or who are passed away thinking that they have committed gross sin. No, but the Bible also says that when we are careless about the things of God, God might use correct discipline in our lives why number one he loves us number two he does not want us to be condemned with the world praise the Lord the world is going to be condemned because they said no to Jesus when they say no to Jesus because they say no to Jesus they will be condemned God doesn't want to condemn anyone it is God's desires that everyone should be saved praise the Lord but when man willfully says no to Jesus as their savior they are condemned and the Bible says because he does not want us to be condemned with the world praise God when we go off track Praise the Lord, he will do a discipline, a corrective kind of discipline. Praise the Lord. The other kind of discipline that you will find in the Bible is preventive kind of discipline. What is that? Praise the Lord. The Lord knows, praise the Lord, what can happen in our lives. Praise the Lord. Paul is a very good example. Paul was a very humble man. But God was using him mightily. And Paul is saying that he had access, praise the Lord, revelation from God. Praise the Lord. We see as he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8. Paul prayed for the thorn to be removed. Praise the Lord. Because of the surpassingly great revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh. The, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Praise the Lord. Preventive. Knowing where we can end. Praise the Lord. God keeps us in check. Praise the Lord. God keeps us in check. Tell your neighbor, God can keep us in check. Mm. Maybe we don't like to be checked, but God can keep us in check. Praise the Lord. The next kind of discipline is educational discipline. Praise the Lord. When you read about Job, we see who Job was. Job 1 starts by, by talking about how righteous, blameless this man of God was. Praise the Lord. After going through a season of affliction in his life, praise the Lord. This is the conclusion that Job comes to. This is what Job says. Job 42 verses 4 to 6. Praise the Lord. Hear now and I will speak and I will ask thee. And you instruct me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I will repent in dust and ashes. 
going through a season of adversity in his life, he comes to a place where he says, I only heard about God. Now a new dimension is being opened, unveiled before me. Praise the Lord. I have seen him with my eyes. No, Job doesn't see literally with his naked eyes. His understanding about the greatness of God. How awesome God is. Who he is intensifies, magnifies as he grows through this educational discipline in his life. He comes to know who God is. His understanding has increased in our life. The writer of Hebrews is saying that it is very important to understand the disciplines of the Lord and to have a right kind of response to it. Many a times, we have a wrong mindset about God, a wrong attitude about God. Praise the Lord. We often, there are many people who think God is an angry God. God is a cruel God. God is a cruel dictator. God is sitting up in heaven. He wants to whack people when they do wrong. Praise the Lord. But the Bible is very clear that he's a loving father who corrects us. Praise the Lord. Here... Look what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He's saying, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart or do not give up when he corrects you. See, our response to the discipline is very important. Here, the writer is saying, make sure you don't make light of Lord's discipline. Praise the Lord. In other words, the Lord is disciplining us with a purpose, with an end in mind. When we do not cooperate with the discipline, when we do not go along with him, when we take it lightly, the purpose of God is nullified in our life. Praise the Lord. So don't make light of the Lord's discipline. In other words, when the Lord is disciplining us, we'd say that, ah, I don't care. You know, okay, so it was a big deal. In other words, you and I, when we are being disciplined by the Lord, we ought to stay put. Think about it. Mull about it. And ask ourselves, what is God trying to tell me? What is he trying to convey to me? What is he trying to communicate to me? What is he trying to get me to do? What is he trying to get me to shred out of my life? What is he trying to, to get me to adapt into my life? Praise God. There are things that we have to adapt into our lives. Things of God. And there are things that we need to shred out of our lives. Things that belong to the world. So the things of God's word have to be adopted into our lives and things of the world that is clinging to us like the writer of Hebrews says, every sin that easily besets us. Praise the Lord. We have to shred that out of our lives. When we are not serious about what God is doing in us, for us, we forfeit what God can do through us. Let me repeat it. When we are not serious about what God wants to do in us and for us, we forfeit what God wants to do 
through us, praise the Lord, an instrument in the hands of God ought to be a righteous instrument. An instrument in the hands of God ought to be a holy and a clean instrument. Praise God. So God might put you and me through a season of discipline so that he can chisel us out, he can sharpen us out, he can cleanse us out, praise God, so that you and I become fitting in the hands of God so that God can do through us what he wants to do through us. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we have to be careful that we don't take the discipline of God lightly. Ah, it's okay, you know. I'll get through it, you know. No. Praise the Lord. Take time. Ponder on it. Don't blow it off. Praise the Lord. I always like to say this. Don't waste your tears. Praise the Lord. Don't waste your tears. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The tears are precious. Don't waste them. Don't just take it so lightly that you think that it's, it's okay. Because what happened is the kind of depth in Christianity that God wants to bring in our lives, we will forfeit and we will just simply continue with a shallow kind of a Christianity. Let's move on. The other extreme is what the writer is saying. The other extreme is do not lose what, do not give up when he rebukes you. So the first response, negative response is, I don't care. I don't care being lethargic about it. The other response, you know what it is? Throwing the towel. I don't want to do anything with this. How can God do this? Throwing the towel and call it quits and say that, give up. The writer of Hebrews is saying, no. Both these response is extreme. One, I don't care attitude. The other one is the giving up attitude. That's not how it ought to be is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. What he's saying, the divine love and divine discipline, when it meets together, God brings something beautiful out of you and me. Praise the Lord. The divine love and the divine discipline. Praise the Lord. It comes from a heart that loves us. Praise the Lord. It wants to correct us so that God's purpose is exemplified, magnified in you and in my life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Divine discipline is the channel that fosters a thick intimate relationship praise the lord a child that is running away astray god embraces him brings him back praise the lord embrace of love cannot be just simply just hugs and kisses sometimes he positions us in a place where he can hug us and he can kiss us praise the lord fill us with love so it's very important that we have a correct biblical outlook of God and the discipline that God employs upon his children. And our response is absolutely important. Praise the Lord. How, what should be, so first he says, 
how we should not respond. How we should not respond? Don't take it lightly. Don't give up. Then he says how we should respond. How should we respond? He says we need to have a submissive spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to have a submissive spirit. We submit it. So the writer is arguing from an earthly perspective to a heavenly perspective. From an earthly perspective, he says that when our fathers corrected us, we submitted to them. How much more have our heavenly father who loves us, when he corrects us, we need to submit ourselves. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to submit ourselves. Suppose when the discipline is taking place, the correction is taking place, if you fight it off, what happens? Praise the Lord. If you have a rebellious spirit, what happens? Praise the Lord. God's purpose in us is not fulfilled. But rather the writer is saying, you and I ought to do what we need to submit ourselves to the father of the spirits. Praise God. We have to submit ourselves. Let me ask you, if you are being disciplined by the Lord, what is your mindset? Do you rebel? Are you angry with you, with God? Are you thumping your nose to God? Are you raising your fist to God? Or are you having an I don't care attitude or saying, Lord, I submit myself to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like the clay in the potter's hand. You and I ought to be in a place where we see, Lord, thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me. Praise the Lord. That should be our prayer. When, he, when we do, praise the Lord. God starts molding us and making us so that God will start using us in a way that brings glory to God. Hallelujah. So we need to have what? A submissive spirit. Look what the writer is saying. Let me read that words for you. Hmm? Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live for ever. See, God wants us to live life. Jesus gave his life so that we can have life. Jesus came so that we may have life. Life what? Life abundantly. Jesus gave himself up so that we can have life eternal. When we submit to the discipline of the loving father, what is it that we have? We have life. What life? Let me explain it to you. In your Christian walk with God, are you feeling like as if there is no life? You come to service, you feel bored. You come to service, you can't concentrate. The service for the Lord, your work for the Lord, you feel it's mundane, it's routine. You know, your, your involvement in the house of God, you have no motivation. You are not propelled with love. You feel that you lack 
the drive that you need. Praise God. You are here and automatically, as if it's a machine, you are functioning, but you don't have the drive. You know, Paul says, the love of God constrains me. Praise God. Are you being motivated by the love of God? Are you being driven by the power of God? Are you being driven by the energy of God? Do you love to linger in the presence of God? Do you delight to read God's word? Do you love worship? Praise God. Or it's just an auto mode, cruise control, Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, I'm in the church. Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock, I'm out of the church. Yeah, I got a lot of things to do. I come and do, but something is missing. Submit to the Father and live. Mm, Praise God. Submit to the Father and live. In other words, when you submit yourself wholeheartedly and say, Lord, here I am. Take me. Use me. I am grateful to you for the platform that you gave me. I am grateful to you for the venue that you gave me. I am grateful for the influence that you gave me. I am grateful for the sphere of influence that I have. I am grateful for the scope of work that I'm doing. I want to submit myself to you. I lay out my agenda. I lay out myself. I lay out my carnal ambition. And I come to you and I say to you, Father of the spirits, I submit myself to you. I know that you love me. And because you love me, your agenda for me is nothing, nothing but God. I want to be in the G-O-O-D of God. Praise God. The goodness of God. Praise God. I can only be content and satisfied and prosperous and successful and bloom and blossom when I put myself into his hands and say, I submit to you. Praise God. That's when we start living. Now my heart starts beating. It's synchronized with this heartbeat. My heart is beating with this beat. Hallelujah. It's synchronized with the heavenly father's beat. Praise God. I am linked to him. My drive is from him. My desires are from him. My passion is from him. I am driven and I'm motivated. I am passionate for Jesus. Now it shows, it shows, it shows in the trivial things. It shows in the major, it shows in the minor. It shows in whatever I do for him because I have submitted to him and to his will. Praise God. The writer of Hebrews says, submit to him and love. Praise God. Hey, God has not called us to live a defeated, a defeated, deflated life. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. I'm not talking about an inflated ego. I am talking about, praise God, the presence, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and yielding myself to the Spirit, being controlled by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, being directed by the Spirit. I love to the utmost that God has called me to live. Praise God. The writer of Hebrews says, Submit yourself to the Father of the spirits and love. I'm going to conclude here because of the lack of time. We'll pick on it next week. Praise God. My friend, let me ask you, do you believe that God loves you? That he's a loving father? Regardless of what you're going through now, today, Maybe you feel empty. Maybe you are bankrupt. Maybe you're going through a financial crisis. Maybe you're going through a pain. Maybe you're going through a relational roller coaster experience. Maybe your children are rebelling against you. No matter what you are going through this morning, you look up to heaven and tell, Father, I believe that you are a loving father. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number two, do you believe that a loving father can correct you? Praise God. The Bible says if he loves you, he will correct you. He corrects you because you are his children. Praise God. If you are not his children, he will not bother with you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He corrects you because he loves you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you understand the discipline or the correct, but how God corrects you? And how do you respond to the correction? Are you taking it lightly? I don't care. This is my fate. Who cares? Or have you already given up? The Bible says, don't give up when he corrects you. What is the right response? The right response is coming to the Father of the Spirits and saying, Lord, I submit and I want your life to run through me from the crown of my head to the very sole of my feet. I want you to charge me with your love. May my ambitions Hallelujah, my dreams, my drives, praise God, be charged with your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. Lord, we pray when you correct us. Help us that we don't give up. But we will put ourselves right on the track where you want and we will reach the destiny that you have marked out for us thank you lord lord i submit myself and i commit every heart here in this house into your hands as we sing a song if there is anybody in the house who wants to submit yourself to the father of the spirit and experience life a new lease to life. This is the time for you to do so. We are going to sing a song. Sing a song. Praise God. 
If you are that person who's making that commitment, I want you to stand where you are and we will pray together from here. Praise God.